We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Coming up. Coming up on the Money Beat podcast, the S&P 500 really running out of time to turn its 2015 into the green. Spend lots of time on your device? Then spend some of that time with us. WSJ Podcasts, the sound of success. Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. Your special end-of-year Money Beat podcast wrap-up. I am Paul Vigne, along with Eric Holm and Chelsea Delaney. 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 I got yeah. it right. I did get it right. Delaney. Uh, our special guest, Chelsea Delaney, who's been sitting with us all week on the, the Money, Beat, Money Beat desk and whom Eric and I have enjoyed having around very much, So, and whose name I almost butchered. But I got it just about <laughs> right, Chelsea, right? Yeah. Uh, here's a real question. How many of you have – how many of you – there's only three of us. How many of you have been inside Times Square this morning? Not me. You didn't uh, go? No. No. I'm still no, here. out there? I, I, I am planning on staying far away from you. Are. I'm the only Square. rube that walks through there. Uh, I walked through there this morning, 7 a.m. There were already people out there. What morons. Yeah. <laughs> Dopes. Oh, why would you do that? I hope they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> what? what? Oh, idiots. You know, uh, there were people. But it's been already... crowded out there all week. Yeah. It has I think been. yesterday yeah, was ha- crazy, too. Yeah. Oh. I didn't even walk through on, on Broadway. I was walking down 6th Ave. It's, it's ridiculous. Does, does it seem like there are more people this year? I don't it know. It does to me. I, maybe. There's definitely a lot. I, yeah. I, I don't know number-wise, but yeah. like... I, I'll tell you this. They are not New Yorkers. They By are. and large, they are from somewhere well, else. Well, you can tell when they stopped it with their selfie sticks. Like, that's oh, that's God. when you know. Right. Yeah. It's funny because it's not even the, the language or the accent so much, right? Because New York is such you know, New York is mm-hmm. the melting pot and all that. It's the selfie it's sticks. the selfie sticks. <laughs> well, the <laughs> selfie sticks. The selfie or if they're, stick like, sitting and, the, and talking on The walking right. five abreast on yeah. the sidewalk and the uh, the stopping and looking up at things. The hesitation. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the, rough segue. The most interesting <laughs> thing today is not... What is going on in Times Square? The drama today is not when the ball's dropping. We know when the ball's going to drop. We know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, the drama is what's going to happen at 4 p.m. when the New York Stock Exchange closes for the last time this year, and we find out whether or not the S&P 500 closed up, up or down. Because it's been that close. I it mean, it's been that close. It, 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 it was. It sort of doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the year, though. But it, we could end. Up or we could end down. Right now, we're right. just just ever the, so slightly down. Right, the S and P five hundred and the S and P five hundred. That's the real benchmark. That's mm-hmm. the one people really care about. Went into today's session up only four points, right. four four points in change. After two hundred and fifty one trading sessions, it was a four point difference from where it was December thirty first, and opened up weaker this morning. So actually, we could be looking at a, a you know a negative, essentially negative close. Either way, though, it's going to be one of the narrowest finishes for the S&P on record, one of the smallest changes for an entire year. Does that mean anything? I think it just it, – it, it, we have to arbitrarily choose when to start measuring at some point, and we have to choose when to stop measuring for the year, and, and we choose the year. But but my, my point being that, like, if you'd measured from, you know – September to September, we'd have a very different picture. You know, we had a we had a rough, right, right, late summer, early fall there, 
and uh, before before it bounced back. So just hearing that the year was flat does not tell you everything you need to know about the year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what about this whole like there had been this sort of expectation of a year end rally, and we're sort of that's sort of out the window, right? Obviously, yeah, the yeah. Santa rally. Yeah, yeah the Santa Claus. Well, rally. I think what's interesting is is all of December was really erratic and volatile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I've used those adjectives fifty times in stories. I mean, it well, just, thanks, Janet Yellen. Yeah, right. I mean, it was the Fed. Right. The Fed, you know, people thought they were, you know, I don't know, they readjusting everything they they knew. Right. Well, people, it seemed like people were. There was all this excitement about the interest rate increase, and then the, the next day, people were sort of coming back down to earth and saying, "Okay, oil is still down here, and we still have all these other like macro problems." And since then, it's sort of fallen off. Right, right, and and that ultimately may be the big takeaway. Right, mm-hmm. it's not whether or not the S and P is up or down a couple of points; it is the fact that what you saw in December was a market that still can't figure out which way it wants to go. And a lot of days the trading seemed – and when I say erratic, I mean erratic. Like it would be up one day and everything was fine, then down the next day and everything was, was in the, the can again. But nothing really changed. Like I said, the macro picture is still the macro picture. Mm-hmm. So that may be the biggest takeaway, that this market is in a really sort of, of – what, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean it, not settled. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, well, that's because as well, oil's not settled, right? I mean, oil just is is bouncing all over the place too, often bouncing down still yeah. these days. And and as as you've noted in some of your writing, the the, the you know stocks seem to be driven by oil a little bit these days. Yeah, I, I, oil is in a dark place right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we still haven't been able to like curb supply, right? Right, and it's still exactly. That- no, even though like there's this rig count data, and every week the rig count data goes down, but like supply is still very high. Yeah, yeah, and the the data this week showed that uh, here in the U.S. inventories were up much more than expected. Mm-hmm. There's all the the news out of Saudi Arabia. I mean, everything they do says we are not cutting production. We are going to ride this thing out, and that is going to they're they're look they're going to try to squeeze out their competitors mm-hmm. and they're going to make life very difficult for all their competitors so yeah the the oversupply problem is is the production problem is not going away mm-hmm. and usually in a normal market supply supply is adjusted to meet demand but in the oil market i mean it takes it's a just, long time for that adjustment right. to take place yeah. right yeah so well and going into next year i think it's sort of the question of who can weather this like who, who is going to be able to survive with oil this slow in, ter- right. in terms of all the oil companies and right. pipeline companies? Right, and, and we like had uh, d- dedicated reader listeners, readers, dedicated listeners of this podcast. So remember, we had Greg Zuckerman on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about it, and he was saying, look, this can go on for a long time, and uh, all these companies are going to try to ride this out. They're not all going to make it, but they are all prepared to try to ride this out or ride oil out at these prices. So the idea that, that something drastic is going to happen in the oil market that's going to send prices up to 50 60 percent dollars dollars, which is what all the you know the, the, the observers keep saying, right all the bottoms in, oil's going to go up. Oil's, no, no, it's not going to happen. It, it may happen eventually, but it's not going to happen soon. Not until there's some sort of shakeout. Right. Yeah, which yeah. is going and to be the shakeout. Yeah, the shakeout. 2016 could be finally the year of the shakeout. We thought we thought there was going to be some shakeout this year, but it hasn't been as severe as many people thought. I, I and yet oil keeps going right. down. I think even over over the course of the year, I mean, 
early in the year, everyone thought that the oil, the drop in oil was temporary and it was mm-hmm. going to turn around. And mm-hmm. oh, don't worry about it. Oh, it's just you know. It took this entire year for people to realize that this is not just a temporary thing. This is a serious change in the dynamics. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it trumps uh, yelling in the Fed is the biggest story of the year by far. I don't know why I said maybe. In terms it of is. just the market. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at least for the Fed rate increase, like most of that was priced in. But oil, like. There had been all these psychological levels, like oil's not going to get below 40, like all of that. And then we keep just going right through those and the market keeps reacting to it. So Right, right. When, when, you, when your psychological line in the sand keeps getting battered. You... Yeah, and they just keep lowering it. You're like, right. oh, 40, oh, 35. Like... Right. There's a reason that's psychological is eventually that, that adds up and it affects you. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, we will come back on the other side of the break and we will turn our attention to the M&A market. Traveling on business? Then take us along and stay on track. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Money Beat. Eric Holm, Chelsea Delaney, and Paul Vigna back with you. And, and Eric, hold off for a minute, Eric. We'll get to Tom Brady. Okay. We'll talk promise? about Tom Brady. Yes, promise? I promise. I okay. promise we will not end this podcast without talking about Tom Brady. In a and negative the light. In a negative light. there's lights. an actual connection. Okay. So we will get to it. But but first, let's talk about M&A. You know, really interesting. I mean, we talk about the capital markets all the time, and because it's also dominated by the stock market, people think the stock market is the entire thing. Stock market is not the entire capital markets. Uh, mergers and acquisitions, initial public offerings, these are things that really matter to how corporations are structured and set up and how they And they were very interesting years. M&A and IPO, I think, had, had pretty diametrically opposite years. Going in absolutely different directions. Yeah, yeah. This was a – Chelsea, help me out here. What was the, the final – or close to final tally that we're looking at? Um, we're looking at five, about $5 trillion in M&A volume this year. Which, which is, blew the record out of the yeah, water. Yeah, I think the previous ref- record was 2007 when there had been about $4.6 trillion in M&A volume. Um, so, yeah, this year is definitely the new record for M&A volume. $5 trillion yeah. in deals. In and deal there were volume. some massive, massive yeah, we had, deals. I mean, we had two $100 billion plus deals this year. That's Those are massive deals. And there were, I think, around $10, $50 billion plus deals. Um, so that's sort of one of the reasons why just the general M&A volume was this so high this year is just because we saw massive deals um, across a number of industries. And I think the, the thing that stuck out to me about the M&A market, and I don't follow it as, as closely as you and some other folks, is that a lot of these deals to me seem to be – it wasn't the kind of thing where it was the two groups of executives t- come together and, oh, my God, the synergies are so great. And this company is going to be the greatest thing in the world. And we're all we're so excited about it, whether or not those things all come true or not. You know, they usually try to spin these things as this is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of mankind. This merger is it, it seemed to me that this year a lot of these mergers were just like, well, there's some tax advantages. Well, there's there's some kind of you know corporate structure that'll look a little better and it makes a little sense. Do, it just seems like a lot of these deals were done not out of some great sense of what the, the future companies got. Some of them, and I'm I'm blanking on the you know they literally were talking about how they're going to break the companies up mm-hmm. as soon as they're talking about merging them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these seem to be done just for strictly uh, bookkeeping advantages. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely saw some interesting reasons for for this consolidation this year. The tax the tax advantages is right. still a big thing in versions. 
Um, and it's sort of that's still sort of up in the air about how that's going to go forward because Washington doesn't like it when a company is moving to Ireland for a lower tax rate. Um, so sort of how that's going to play out is a is a big thing. Right. Um, and that was that was sort of a big Pfizer reason for the, the Pfizer, right, yeah, the right, Pfizer right. Allergan deal. Um, and that was also a company that's they that's a hundred and fifty billion dollar deal. And so they're after that they're thinking of breaking up. Um, and then Dow, Dow DuPont was the other one that says we're going to merge and then we're going to split into three. Right. right. Not just two, three. Yeah. Into yeah. three, into yeah. three separate companies. Um, so, yeah, there there were definitely some interesting reasons for that. And and, and I think this is what happens when it, it is the, the logical culmination of the last several years where the market's going up and up and up. So they, the currency that they have with their stock is 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 they have a lot of money to spend in terms of the value of their stock and they have a big cat they don't know how to deploy the cash on their balance sheets so right. so and it, it for one reason or the other people aren't investing uh, organically in in growth so in research and development is you know is one area or whatever so instead they they engin- as as you implied Paul they engineer um a way to get bigger or a way to to sort of um, streamline, you know, the the balance sheet. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you 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 look at the other another. And that's not all deals, but it's certainly no, no, a characteristic no. of a lot of what we saw this year. Right. In and, the in the biggest deal. And you look at you know another aspect of this whole thing, the the IPO market. Um, is that a matter of, you know, and I think this has been a growing trend that the companies they're not the the the, the sort of the glow of being a publicly traded company, I think, is just not what it used to be. Yeah, that's certainly true, right? Especially since you can get so much more, or until recently, you could get, you could do so well raising money in in sort of the the pre-IPO funding rounds, right? And and now, sort of, that's that's been tested. Um, you know, the, the the people who are were willing to pay that much in the private rounds, it's not sort of being borne out in the IPO market these days. And that's why one of the, the the reasons people are so wary of IPOs. Yeah, all of which means that these are trends that you should be keeping an eye on in 2016. And we're going to take uh, one more quick break. We're going to come back with a couple of thoughts. Uh, Eric Holm, Eric Holm has some definite thoughts. Important stats. Important, 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 yeah, yeah. important, important information. Things. All right. Well, we'll come back in one second. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Sit back, relax, and grab your earbuds. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Money Beat. Since uh, noted New Englander Stephen Grosser is not here with us today, we're going to bash Tom Brady. Right, Eric? Yes, we are, Paul. Well, this is all contingent on markets finishing where we're looking at them now, though. Well, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. We need the market, and, to be and down. We're, we're talking Although, Tom Brady, no, but really, well, I'm going to bash the, all of the. The, the Dow of, is all, going all to page. be down, so we can do it. I, you know what? I think that the Super Bowl indicator, which is what we're we're right. leading up to here, I think it's about the S and P. Uh, it's I don't think it's about the Dow. I think the it's, it doesn't it predict right. Right? Well, you know, you pick your bench. All right, we're going to say the market. Twist, twist the it around. To okay. Say what you want them to say, Eric. <laughs> no, no. All right. So, well, what we're talking about here is the Super Bowl indicator, and we should throw in the Triple Crown indicator as well. Yeah. Two absolutely meaningless things that people have made up 
I think no one takes them seriously, right? Not even the people who make them. Right? Uh, I, th- I think people take these extremely seriously. Oh, okay. They matter. They oh, mean I didn't something. Know that. Yes. All right. Well, yes. but but at the beginning of the year, we had um, uh, uh, an AFC team win. Patriots, New England win Patriots, the right. Super Bowl. And later this that year, we had uh, American Pharaoh win the Triple Crown. Both of those are bearish indicators for the stock market, according for, to right. Well, practically nothing. Just by coincidence, apparently. History, history, history has shows proven that when an AFC team from the upstart AFL wins the Super Bowl, it is a, it's terrible news for the stock market. And when an old line NFL team wins, mm-hmm. it's great NFC, news yeah, yeah. for the stock market. Yeah, yeah. So. These things matter, Eric. Okay, and and triple crown, horrible for the stock market, and a rare thing. Yeah, very rare. And first and the reason that it's so bad on average is that many triple crowns happened in the 1920s, (laughs) (laughs) in the height of the depression. You mean the 30s? You mean the 30s? Sorry, yeah, no, no, yes, the 30s. Yes, Uh, jeez, yes, and and um, there were a couple more in the 70s. So right. Uh, it, the math is not in the favor of. Yeah. Uh, so the, the sports world just was against the stock. Was against the stock year. market this year, and, yeah. and look, it's happening. It, it it's born out. If if markets so hold exactly Tom where Brady, they are right now, Tom Brady may or may not have deflated those footballs. We don't really know, but we know but we for know sure for sure. If we finish down, <laughs> he deflated the stock market. <laughs> he deflated the stock market. Tom Brady, good Hates for America. Good good for Giselle. Good for New England. <laughs> Bad for stocks. <laughs> is, that, is that the takeaway? Uh, that's what the data seems to show, That's Paul. what the data seems Yeah, that's yeah. A, I'm going with that. That's what the data show. <laughs> and it's a good thing that Stephen Grosser isn't here because, you know, he'd have something else to say. We're not actually ending there. We're actually <laughs> waiting. Okay. Uh, no, we are ending there. That is, in fact, the last podcast of 2015 from the Money Bee crew. Everyone, uh, look, we're really glad this, this thing came back this year. We like doing it. We hope you like listening to it. We hope you have a safe and happy New Year's Eve, and we will see you in 2016.